are listening to Soul Spark with Sarah Godfrey. Stories, inspiration, and actionable tips that will help you find the spark of light inside of you so that you can get unstuck and truly thrive instead. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. You guys, I have such a treat for you. We have an interview with Abigail Atkinson, and you guys, oh my gosh, this interview blew me away. Abigail will share her story with you and the importance of trusting yourself, why you need to intentionally pick your mindset, and how the lessons from trauma can truly be a gift. And it's so good. You are going to love Abigail. You guys, I'm really excited today because we have Abigail here with us. We met in Boulder, Utah at a yoga retreat a few years ago. And Abigail, why don't you tell everybody about yourself? (laughs) Well, hello, Sarah. Thanks again for chatting with me today. It's such an honor to sit down and have a conversation with you. Yeah, we met three years ago in Boulder on a retreat. I think those are some of the most beautiful places to meet and connect with other people. And I'm so grateful we had that opportunity. I am a yoga teacher and a wellness empowerment movement. That's what I do. I am a mother to eight children and a grandmother to two little boys who are adorable. And I am a stroke survivor. Seven years ago, I suffered a stroke that changed the course of my life and is still informing how I choose to live my life now. Yeah. So that's just like a high level. Here's me. <laughs> yeah. You guys, Abigail's young. She says she's a grandmother, but she's so young. <laughs> I'm like I'm young. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so tell us, you had a stroke. Tell us about that. I had a neck injury from a chiropractic adjustment. And I um, was already practicing and teaching yoga at the time this happened, but I was in a really hard place in my life at the time. Essentially, I started having some headaches for a few days and I was taking ibuprofen because of these headaches. And the day that I didn't take the ibuprofen is the day that I had a stroke. And I was actually in the middle of teaching a yoga class at Ancestry.com when the stroke came on. And (laughs) I knew something was wrong. So I talked all the students down into Shavasana, like halfway through class. And then at that point, I realized I couldn't walk anymore. So I crawled over to one of the students and he helped me out the room and um, helped me get the help that I needed. We called 911 and I, I was fortunate. I got to the hospital, Utah Valley Hospital, within the hour and was treated right away. So I... Yeah. So, and then I was, of course, on my road to recovery after that, but I'm so grateful that I had a yoga practice already in place when I had that because yoga teaches us so much to honor our body's messages, to listen to our bodies. Because I was so young, I was 35 when I had a stroke. When the EMT arrived at the scene, he didn't think I was having a stroke. He thought maybe I was having vertigo. He was like, yeah, my wife a couple weeks ago, had vertigo. So I recommend you just rest for a while, then go see your doctor. But I can take you to the hospital if you want. You'll have to pay for that. And I said, yep, you're taking me to the hospital because this is not right. Something's wrong. 
Yeah. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for those lessons to listen to and honor your body's messages, even when somebody in authority is telling you otherwise. Mm, you have yeah. this innate body wisdom within you already. And I think that yoga is just one way we can learn how to go back to mm -hmm. trusting ourselves again. Totally. And yeah. Yeah. Because of that, it saved my life. Like if I hadn't got to the hospital when I did, I would have had deficiencies that were much worse mm -hmm. or perhaps I wouldn't have lived. So good. yeah, go ahead. So it's good to listen when you know something's wrong, no matter what other people say. Yeah. yeah. And that is a lesson that keeps coming up again and again, whether I'm working with somebody from a movement perspective or from a place of regaining back health and well-being. Mm -hmm. Part of taking responsibility of our well-being is that journey back to self-trust. Yes. We've forced so much of our own wisdom to other people. And that's great. We, we need mentors and coaches and doctors, but not at the cost of giving up our own wisdom and drawing on that source within us. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge thing. The somatic work that I do, that's like the first thing when I was in training is like, you know a lot about bodies, but nobody is an expert of your body or like your clients, they are the expert of their bodies. So true. And you have to respect that. Yeah, you do. I love your somatic work. I teach um, the work that I do is adaptive yoga. That's what yeah. I specialize in. Because, of course, I had a yoga practice when I had the stroke. And so, of course, after the stroke, I couldn't wait to get back to having a yoga practice again. But I still remember um, after being in ICU for four days, the first time the physical therapist came to help me. Mm. go for a walk for the first time. And I had been bedridden basically up yeah. to that point. So I didn't really know what deficiencies I was dealing with. I knew I had nystagmus. Nystagmus is a, an involuntary shaking of the eyes. Mm. So that was obvious and that kept me dizzy and sick most of the time. But I didn't really know functionally what motor skills stayed and didn't stay. So two physical therapists came to my hospital bed one on either side of me, they helped me sit up and kind of hoisted my arms around them. And then we stood up and we went for a walk. <laughs> and that was so eye-opening because mm -hmm. I couldn't actually walk. My wow. body wasn't responding to the messages I was giving it. And that's the first time I remember feeling disconnected mm -hmm. from my body. Yeah. Like it wasn't doing what I was telling it to do, even though earlier that day it could. And it felt so disempowering. I, I barely made it a few feet down the hall before I had to turn around and come back because I was so exhausted from the effort. People with um, a brain injury, traumatic brain injury or stroke or any neurological um, issue have something called neurofatigue. So just moving through your day-to-day -day life causes the same level of fatigue it might a newborn, you know how much a newborn sleeps because yeah. they're building all these neural pathways and learning yeah. all these new things. So it's very similar to that. But yeah, I mean, that's the first time I, I felt so disconnected from my body and wanted so badly to get back to my own yoga practice. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to practice yoga, I realized I was going to have to do it differently. It couldn't look the way that it used to look. Yeah. 
but I still wanted to feel the experience, the sensation of having some freedom in my body. So I just started exploring using props, furniture. I used to think props were for sissies when I first started yoga. <laughs> Don't we all? Everybody. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of where my journey with adaptive yoga began, just how it helped me in my own personal recovery and how much freedom it did end up giving me. Like I was able to rebuild a relationship with my body thanks to allowing myself to have a, a different kind of yoga practice. Mm -hmm. How did you... Oh, because I'm sure that like emotionally dealing with that, that disconnection and not having that control anymore. Like, how did you find that strength inside of you to approach moving again? Yeah, that's such a good question because it would have been so much easier to stay in bed all day. Getting out of bed usually meant a puke session for me because of the nystagmus that I had for a long time. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of stroke survivors or people who have suffered some trauma, it's really tempting to stay in bed and not do the work. Yeah. It's hard to do the work. It's not easy. And so for me, I had to go beyond just moving my body. Moving my body absolutely helped, my, helped me heal for sure, but it wouldn't have worked on its own if I hadn't done work around my mindset. Mm, yeah. Like you have to activate your brain to work on your behalf, not just your body. Yeah. And there were a lot of old thought patterns that were holding me back in my life at the time. I can remember the events leading up to the stroke. Like I was in a really just toxic, unhealthy relationship um, with somebody else and also with myself, honestly. And I remember journaling, I can't take one more step forward. That's what I wrote in my journal. Mm. And it actually happened. Like that came to be. Yes, so I realized, yeah, like crazy. Mm -hmm. I realized that kind of language, that's what got me to where I was. Yeah. And it wasn't my fault that I had a stroke. And anybody who suffers a trauma, it's of course not necessarily your fault. No. You kind of have to look at what's going on in your mind. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of work around mindset, especially for me the language that I was using to shape my life, the stories that I was telling myself, what I was making things mean, um, mm -hmm. you know, how something happens and you make it mean you're a terrible mother or, you know, you're not worth listening to or whatever it is. We all have some version of this, but that sort of language I knew was really holding me back from fully recovering. And so I did a lot of work around that. It, I literally in the hospital put up an affirmation. It said, my brain and body know perfectly how to heal. Oh, I love <laughs> because that. at the time I wasn't sure. I mean, I, yeah. I was afraid. I wasn't sure what sort of mobility I was going to get back. I wasn't sure how I could show up and meet the needs of, and the demands of being a mother. How do I meet the needs of my children? How do I work? How do I take care of myself? I mean, I had to have somebody help me in the bathroom and there's nothing more mortifying than that. No. So all these questions and doubts. And I knew that if I, if I was really going to motivate myself to get out of bed, I had to change the language. I had to change the language in my head for yeah. sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. Which is a battle. <laughs> to get that over and over. Yeah. It's a practice. Yeah, it's not, it's not like you just, 
think a happy thought and now your behavior is new and you're transformed. No. <laughs> it's just like being on your yoga mat. You stick to your practice every day and then yeah. your practice starts to stick to you. Yeah. And you fall off sometimes. I mean, there are days that I forget to get on my mat and I feel it. Or there are days that I let some of those old thoughts sneak in yeah. and then I catch them and I point the arrow of my attention back to the place that I want to go because that has to be very intentional. It's like driving a car, you know, you're, you're steering. If you let go of the steering wheel, your mind, your mind is like the car. It's going to go wherever. Yeah. You have to take a hold of the steering wheel and point it in the direction that you want to go. It's not just going to fall into your lap. And I think stroke survivors know that more than most people. Like mm. stroke survivors are experts at processing struggle. Yeah. <laughs> And so we have to use that for advantage, um, use that and be intentional with where we're choosing to go. Because no matter what has happened to us, honestly, it's still a choice, us getting out of bed and working towards our goals or giving up and love, letting life take us wherever it's going to take us. Thanks for listening to that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're amazing. I could listen to you all day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I just love that you knew you had to attack it on both sides. Like you had to use your mind to help you and you had to also do the physical work as well. That it wasn't like recovery had to include all of you. Yeah, it's a holistic yeah. approach. Yeah. It's a whole body approach. I like to share with clients this equation and I love this equation this equation for results or any outcome that you want, because I think so often we make it be about how worthy we are. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm not getting what I want, that must be, I'm broken. That must mean right. I'm broken in some way. So I love sharing this equation because it's like math. You're not broken. It's just math. You just got to go and look at the equation and see what's missing. And the equation is thoughts plus feelings plus actions equal desired results. That's it. That's it. You don't have to overcomplicate it. And to me, thoughts are both the language that you use and the imagery that's in your mind, how you see yourself relating to your goals, relating to your life, relating to others. Mm -hmm. So what you say and what you see, to me, makes up like the whole realm of your thoughts. And that in turn will start to stir up feelings in your body and um, feelings in your heart. And then you got to take action. Like yeah. you can feel all the good feelings. Like how many times have you been people to like some motivational conference weekend and it's so good and you walk away so inspired, but then you don't take action. Totally. It's gone. So you have to have that action too. And if you're not getting the result that you want, then just take a look at one of those pieces, A plus B plus C. One of those is missing or has mm -hmm. fallen off track. Yeah. It's simple. Just plug in that part that's missing and the result will change. It's not easy. No. It's not easy, <laughs> but it's simple. <laughs> yes. It's so, so simple. I think that sometimes that's what's so tricky is that it's like, oh, so really? That's it? Like, yeah, that's yeah. it. Like you don't need more than what you already have inside of you. You've got this power already. You're a whole being already. Just put all those things to use. and Yeah, it's that return to self-trust. It's so yeah. true. 
you already know enough. You don't have to wait to get smarter. You don't have to wait to get motivated. You can take action now, any small thing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, if I was going to give advice to anybody, I would say, once you know those things that you're going to work on to activate your mindset, to activate your body, then the thing that's going to help you stay in action is frequency. So I always tell people frequency wins over duration. You can go to an hour long yoga session, you know, and that's great. But then if you sit around the whole rest of your day, you're still being sedentary more than you are being active. And it's the same with your mindset techniques. Like, you know, you could say them for 10 minutes once a day, or you could throw them in and sprinkle them throughout your entire day and keep reminding yourself who you really are and who you're stepping into being. And that will stick way faster than trying to do a big, long session, which, by the way, you have to exert a lot of initiative to do. (laughs) Going up on your mat is the hardest part, but if you can do... 30 seconds multiple times a day, your brain is going to start to catch up Mm -hmm. on that. And that's honestly, that's one of the things that helped me physically too with my stroke. When I was relearning how to walk again, I was sent home from the hospital with a walker. I still wasn't walking good enough yet after the month I spent in the hospital. And if I would have just practiced walking once a day, it would have taken me so much longer. Yeah. No, I had to practice walking lots of times a day and rest in between. Yeah. (laughs) Frequency wins over duration when you're, especially when you're starting a new habit, whether that's physical or emotional Mm -hmm. or mindset related. Because we're in the work of becoming. It's about changing your whole being, not about like, okay, I did that thing. I'm done. (laughs) You're never done. There's a secret of adulthood. You are never done, my friends. (laughs) Never, never, never. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you draw on those lessons that you learned? Because like your stroke so defining for you. Like how does that shape you now? I definitely found that the more I share my story, the more I can remember the lessons and act on them. Mm. So I have gotten better at sharing what I went through, even though it still feels a little bit vulnerable to me to share such a trauma like that, because I don't necessarily know if people can understand at a level, you know, it's just, if you, if you've never lost mobility or been through a trauma. I don't know. You just, there's this, there's this part of you that feels a little bit alone. Yes. And so sharing the story helps to break down the wall of I'm alone. Yeah. That's really not true. The more I share, the less alone I feel. I also stay connected with other stroke survivors, people who've gone through what I do um, or what I have gone through or something similar And that makes me feel like I'm part of a community. Anybody with a new trauma, I definitely recommend finding a support group somewhere, um, connecting with people who've been through something hard so you can see where they're at now and what's possible for you. Um, And yeah, and okay, so, so there's that. I share my story. I stay connected with others. But also, I think I have to be in service to keep drawing on the lessons. I have to get out there and give back because yeah. I'll get emotional saying it, but That's okay. 
I would never wish a trauma on somebody, Mm -hmm. but there was a gift in the struggle that I went through. And that gift is not something that I'm just meant to hold on to. I know that I'm meant to share it so that other people can find freedom in their body, freedom in their hearts too. Yeah. Even if it's just for one day or for one movement session that I happen to work with somebody, I received a gift when I went through that stroke, when my life changed. Mm-hmm. And I can stay connected to it if I help others through their struggles too. Yeah. I love that so much. Like it took me 13 years to talk about the fact that I had had an eating disorder because the same thing, I was like, people won't understand. And I'm so ashamed that I ever was in that place, you know, and they won't understand and they'll still think they'll judge me for it. Um, But like, it's helped me heal so much more talking about it and feeling whole. And like, I really am in a place to give to others when, when before it was like, I wasn't completely killed because I was still clinging and hiding. Yeah. Not giving. Yeah. Part of the healing is Mm -hmm. in the sharing. Yeah. Because it helps you process it instead of hold on to it. And we're holding on to things oftentimes that aren't true. They're just stories that we made up about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, when I can create enough awareness around the stories that are holding me back, I realize it's like my brain ripping me off. Yeah, right. (laughs) We can reprogram our brain, work on our behalf. It's so cool that we have these brains and these hearts and we, we can decide the inputs. We get to choose the inputs if we're intentional. Mm-hmm. And it's a choice. Like We don't have to go out and find ourselves. Like you said, we're already innately good and have so much light inside of us. The real thing we get to do is create ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's a choice that we get to make. It's... Um, an eye opener to realize your own brain has been ripping you off. (laughs) But it's also so empowering to know that you get to take hold of the wheel and decide where you're going to go with it. Yeah. You're the boss. You're not your thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell them, nope, we're going to do this. We're going to think about this instead. And yeah, absolutely. If you were to give any advice to listeners, how to help them, believe in their own power with whatever they're dealing with, what would you say? Well, one thing that has definitely helped me is to keep track of my successes. And for some people that might be like a gratitude journal. Yeah. So every day I write down 10 successes that I had during the day because, and and it might be something small like, oh, I made my bed today finally or whatever, I I finally stepped on my yoga mat, or I ate some vegetables today, woohoo. But whatever it is, I think it's important that we, because whatever we point our attention to is what will grow. Mm -hmm. What What we track and what we put our attention towards gets better. Yeah. So if when I write, when I'm really good at writing down my successes, and oftentimes they turn into things that are gratitude related to, then I'm building that success energy. 
and more of it shows up in my life. So I guess one thing would be to track, to track something good in your life, whether that's gratitude or your daily successes, but track something, keep stock of the good things that are showing up for you because they are there. We're just not necessarily paying attention to them. And when you start to pay attention to them, they will grow. Yeah. Especially when you're in pain. Yeah. You're feeling stuck. Like that always makes the biggest difference is to just shift and be like, there's still so much good that is happening. It helps me be like, I can be okay. And that's sometimes what you might write. It might be something more like a coping statement, like, yeah, I'm okay. I don't feel super empowered right now, but I know that I'm perfectly adequate to get through one more day. Mm -hmm. And that can be a success. Yeah. Thank you so much. My pleasure. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my gosh. I feel just the same about you. (laughs) You are so wise and have so much goodness that you're sharing out there. And I'm just glad I get to partake of it. It definitely has made a difference in my day on more than one occasion. Thank you. That means so much. Can you tell my listeners where they can find you and if you've got anything going on? Yeah, well, you can find me. um, I'm most active on Instagram at wellwithabigail. I'm also on Facebook. I am teaching at the Southern Utah Yoga Festival this weekend. I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but it's coming on Friday. Oh, cool. So I'm teaching adaptive yoga on Friday down in St. George area at the Southern Utah Yoga Festival. I will also be teaching at the Utah County Yoga Festival, which is at the new studio Purify Wellness yeah. in Pleasant Grove. I'll mm-hmm. be teaching a chakra vinyasa class and a winter herbal health class the following weekend. So I think that's November 9th. So those are the two things I have um, coming up right now. I just finished my first public adaptive yoga teacher training, which was awesome and so much fun. But follow me, stay tuned. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter at wellwithabigail.com and you can stay um, stay up to date on any events that are coming out because that training will be coming soon. So if you're interested in making yoga accessible for people with mobility impairment or people living with disability, you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Abigail. You're so very welcome. You guys. Okay. Was she not just so wise and so amazing? Thank you again, Abigail, for joining with me today. And you guys, thank you for listening. I hope you can feel that light inside of you. And I hope you know that we didn't give it to you. That light is yours. You are good and you are powerful. Carry that truth with you and put it into action. Feel your light ignite. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys next time.